Father, I ask you today for utterance for this congregation. I ask you, sir, to help me to minister your word effectively, accurately, and in the spirit of grace and love. I pray that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened, that we would be encouraged this morning. And that when we leave this place today, we will have said, oh, it was so good to hear from heaven and to be in his presence today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the entrance of his word gives light and it brings hope into our desperate situations. Into our darkness, the word of God is light. When death surrounds us, the word of God is life. It is the entrance of his word that gives you hope. It is the entrance of his word that gives you faith. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. No matter what you've been through, no matter where you've been, or no matter what you have been called, God calls you his. There was a man in the old covenant that got sick and tired of being sick and tired. You see, this young man's name was Jabez. And Jabez was a man in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, 9. If you would turn there this morning, we'll utilize that as a text for our message. In Jabez chapter 4, and we look at verse 9. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren... And his mother called his name Jabez because I bore him in sorrow. You see, names carry great significance. Oftentimes when a person is named, it marks them for life. I would not want to be called trouble. I would not want to be called pain. I would not want to be called sorrow. There is significance in a name. God spoke to Abram, which means high father. And he says, neither shall your name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham, which means the father of many nations. The very name Moses means that which was drawn out. For Moses was drawn out of the water as a baby. And so through his life, he could be reminded how that his life was spared and that he was brought into the court of Pharaoh for a season. For his name means drawn out. Joshua means savior. For Joshua was a man of God that God used to bring the children of Israel out of the wilderness into the promised land. And so when Joshua was called Joshua, he was reminded of the good things that God had done for him. My name is Mark. It means mighty warrior. 
And it reminds me every day that the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And even though I might face a battle here and a battle there, I am a mighty warrior because I am in God and God is in me. But all of that aside, there came a day where Jabez said, I have had it with being called troubled and sorrow and pain. Somewhere, somehow, Jabez must have heard of the goodness of God, of the God of Israel, who brought his people out of Egypt with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble among their tribes. (coughs) Jabez, must have heard that the God of Israel rained down manna and quail from heaven. He must have heard and may have heard that not even their clothing or their shoes were worn out for 40 years in the wilderness. How'd you like that? Some of you women, maybe not so much. But the point is this, he came to a realization that with God, all things are possible. And you must come to the same realization that no matter what you may be facing, no matter what you may be going through, this God with whom all things are possible lives on the inside of you. This God with whom all things are possible, said to you, greater is he that is in you than the foes that you face in the world. Look at your neighbor and say, the greater one lives in you. Jabez realized that there was someone that he could call on and that he could get an answer. You see, when Jabez realized God's truth, he rebelled against the devil's lie. When he saw God's light, he rebelled against the darkness. When he saw God's life, he rebelled against the disease and the death. When he saw God's liberty, he rebelled against the bondage. He turned his eyes to the great Jehovah God. He became angry at his so-called destiny. Some of you, need to get fed up and then come to the Word and get filled up and go into the world and be fired up and let God change your destiny. Let God change the very course of your life. Here's what Jabez prayed. Look at verse 10, if you would, please, today. 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10. And Jabez called on the name of the Lord God of Israel, and he said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my territory, that you would expand my coast, and that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. How many of you know it's a good thing not to cause pain? 
He was tired of people looking at him as being painful. And here's what God did. Read the rest of that. And God granted him that which he requested. Jabez is calling out to God for deliverance. Deliver me from these confining walls of fear, disease, defeat, and pain. Enlarge my territory. Break down those iron gates that have me closed in. Enlarge my territory. God granted Jabez his request. And Jabez, who was once bound, became ever so free. The word of the Lord to you today is this, as Jabez changed his destiny and so can you. Now we are not under the same covenant as Jabez was, but you and I can glean some exceedingly important principles from Jabez's life. And I want you to listen just for a while today because this will encourage your heart. I believe that a main principle that we can learn from Jabez's life is this, is we must not let the world name us what God has not named us. Refuse to be labeled by the world's system. I do not say that I'm an ex-addict. I say that I'm a new creation. I do not say and talk about what I used to be. I say and talk about what I am right now to Him. The world has a system. And the God of this world is Satan. And so what the world labels you as, I'm telling you, it comes directly from the pit of hell. You are living in this world, but thank God you're not of it. Woo, glory. That puts revival in my feet. I don't know about you. This is not my home. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to effect the world while I'm in it. But there's coming a day where you and me, brother and sister, we're heading out of it. Hallelujah. And so while we're here, don't give in to the system of the world. What is in a name? Let's ask ourselves that. What's in a name? There's an image in a name. There is a vision. There is a destiny in a name. Don't let the world name you. What God has not named you. Let God name you. Let God's word imprint you. Let God's word impact you. Let God's word mark you. Let God's word label you. See what God said about you. And say what God said about you. Regularly. Regularly. And I don't mean this as a put down, but I'm going to be very honest with you today. Some in this place today, 
need to change the way that you're talking about yourself. You need to change some things about what you're telling yourself. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You might have been a boozer, but you're no longer a boozer. You're addicted to Christ. Change that. Change what you say, change what you think, and you will change your image of yourself. Change the image that you have of yourself on the inside. We could say it this way, that you need a name change. I'm not talking from Jimmy to Bill or from Janet to Elaine. I'm talking about victim, hallelujah, to victor, loser to winner. Unworthy to the very, I can hardly stand, righteousness of God. Failure to successful. Sick to healed. Poor to rich. Incomplete to complete in Him. Cursed to redeemed. Outside to reconciled. Change it. Learn to declare. Now listen to this. Learn to declare good things over your life. If you're negative and if you're critical about yourself, your very own words can stop God's best plan from coming to pass in your life. I think sometimes... We are the biggest hindrances of moving forward. See, God's for you. He's not against you. Yeah, but pastor, I've messed up so many times. Well, God can take your mess and turn it into a message. Yeah, but I've failed so many times. Well, did you ask God to forgive you? Well, yes. Well, did he? Yeah. Does he remember that? No. So what are you doing carrying it around? You've got to let go of your past and realize that today is a new day. Come on. Now, there is a language that you and I must learn, and I like to call it the language of the redeemed. In Psalms 107, verse 2, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord, let them say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, for me to learn Espanol, or if I was to learn German, does anyone speak French fluently here? How about Spanish fluently? Okay. Anybody speak German fluently? Okay. So, for me to learn Spanish, to learn German, to learn Russian, I have to get my mind renewed. Because Russians and Germans and French don't speak like English people do. They have a completely different way of speaking. They have a different way of communicating. Come on. And so, for me to learn a... 
new language, we could say it in Christian terms, I've got to learn. I've got to get my mind renewed. There is a language of the redeemed. This language of the redeemed is a language that comes from our Redeemer. And He has His way of talking. He has His way of speaking. Now here it is in Romans chapter 12. Notice this with me in verse 2. How many of you know the Lord did something with your spirit, but you got to do something with your mind? In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says this, And be not conformed to this world. The mere fact that He tells us not to be conformed to this world tells me that I can be conformed to this world if I get in the world's way. The world is going down a certain stream, and if I get in that stream that the world is going down, I will be conformed to this world. There will not be any difference between me and the world because I've been conformed to this world because I'm going the world's way. Even though I'm born again. And so he says, be not conformed to this world. Meaning, you must be aware that the world wants to squeeze you into its mold. Into its way of thinking. Into its way of talking. Be not conformed to this world. But be transformed. Oh, thank God the transformation is available to you and to me. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed or changed. In other words, that which Christ has done on the inside of you show up on the outside where it impacts your whole life. Whoo, glory. Be not conformed. Look at your neighbor and say, be not conformed. Look at your neighbor and say, you need some transformation. Say this to yourself. You need some transformation. Really, it's not so much what you need. It's what I need. It's what we all need. Changed from glory to glory he's changing me changing me changing me from glory to glory he's changing me and I don't know the rest of the words (laughs) we're going somewhere we're not what we used to be but we're not what we're gonna be He didn't say from gory to gory. He said from glory to glory to glory to glory. The more you get in this word and look into the perfect law of liberty, the more like him you become. Just had to preach here a minute. The NLT says this. Don't copy the behavior And customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Changing the way you think. Some people, they grew up in homes where their parents didn't think 
too much of them. Consequently, through life, they didn't think very much of themselves either. And you can carry what others think of you through your whole life until you change programs. Until you change systems. Until you step out of the world system into the word system. And then you find in his system that you are unique, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are his workmanship, that you are a new creation, that God's hand is upon you, that his love will never leave you nor forsake you, and he has made you complete in him. Now, what more do you need? What more do you want? But you can't stop. You've got to stop talking about what you were in the past and how you grew up. See, when you become a man of God or a woman of God, you've got to put away childish things. And look into this word. I can be transformed. You can be transformed. Look with me at Romans 8 verse 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Jabez got tired of being where he was. So he changed. In Romans 8, 6, it says, For to be carnally minded produces death. To be worldly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded, what does that produce? Now let me ask you this. Would you rather have a bushel full of death or acres full of life and peace? I would much rather have life and peace in my life than death. Death in its manifold forms. Death manifests itself not just in spiritual death, but death manifests itself in sickness and disease, poverty, oppression, depression, every kind of thing that you can think of that's not of God. Amen? But the Bible says you can be a Christian and be carnal. That just witnessed with somebody. <laughs> you can be a Christian, be carnal. You can be as worldly as an old hoodal. The carnal mind, it produces death. But the spiritual mind, the spiritual mind, those who are word minded, fellowship-minded, Christ-in-you-minded, it produces life and peace. See, your mind is like a connector. What you think on connects you with what you're dwelling on. What I put my mind on, I open my spirit to. That's why you've got to be very careful about what you read. You've got to be very careful about what you watch. Well, that doesn't affect me. I can watch this and I can watch that. You're wrong. Because your spirit man is picking up on those things. I have a little statement in my notes here that I, I think that is appropriate. And I think it's very good to remember this. And that is that we must not focus on the world's system We must not watch what the world watches. We must not read things 
that will desensitize us to the things of God. You see, the glory of God in you, what His presence does in you, is it brings you not only to right standing with God, but His presence will bring you into right living. You can try to live right all you want, but you can't do it apart from heaven's help. You can try to live right all you want, but you cannot allow the mixture of the world and the word to happen in your life. God is saying to us today that if you want a pure life, if you want a life that is sold out to him, you've got to think right and talk right. In Philippians 4, 8, I want you to turn there. Philippians, the fourth chapter, the eighth verse, it tells us exactly what to think on. Tells you what to think on. You don't have to wonder what to think on. The Bible's clear on what you're to think on. I refuse to think on the economy. I refuse to think about what's happening in Washington, D.C. I'm not going to do it. This country is not run by a donkey or an elephant. The government is not upon the elephant. The government is not upon the donkey. The government of this nation is upon his shoulder. Sit here and I'm not going to sit here and disrespect America by talking down about it. No, I believe America's finest days are ahead. Now, why do I believe that? If I went by what I saw, I wouldn't believe that. But I don't go by what I see. I go by what I believe. And it would do you well to stop living by what you see and start living by what you believe. Because what you see is subject to change, but what you believe will never change. Oh, come on, somebody. You know why America's finest hour is yet to come? Because the church, the body of Christ, the church of the living God, whom the gates of hell will not prevail against, our finest hour is yet to come. There is an awakening coming in this nation that if your eyes could see it, you'd hardly believe it. Something's stirring in the realm of the Spirit. Something's happening in the realm of the Spirit. God's moving. And I believe that before it's all said and done, there would be multitudes of people in the USA that will awake to righteousness. I believe there will be multitudes of people in the United States that will call upon the name of the Lord like Jabez did. said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm calling upon you. Bless my country. Enlarge our influence. Keep us from evil. Protect us from terrorism. Protect us from people that would try to bring us down. And God will grant our request. I don't know where all that came from, but it sure felt good. 
It sure felt good. Our finest hour as Christians is upon us. I'm not going to be lullabied with the lukewarmness of a dry, dead religion. I am not about to quit. I am not about to give up and move to Canada. I will not be a conscientious objector. I will be a conscientious, fervent prayer for the United States of America. Oh yeah, I know the doomsday preachers are out there. The doomsday preachers are out there. The same guy that got thrown in jail for selling condominiums is selling tribulation food right now. It's all fear-based. And I love that person. But I'm going to tell you what. We don't operate under a spirit of fear. We operate under a spirit of faith. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. I'm not going to need to be hiding in a cave, eating tribulation food, storing up water before Jesus returns. That's not what the B-I-B-L-E says. The Bible says we are, glory, says we are more than conquerors for him that loved us. So I don't care what doomsday prophets say. I believe this with all my heart. There where sin abounds, the grace of God is going to much more abound. The Bible tells you what to think on. Stop thinking about the problems. In Philippians 4.8, he says, Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, do what? One person said it this way, in order to think on the right things, it's important that you filter what you watch, read, and listen to. Don't let the enemy slowly deceive you into lowering your standards and desensitizing you to what is good and pure. We know what is good. And we know what is pure. Turn me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It's so important to realize that, that even though Jabez was under the old covenant and we're under the new covenant, there are some things that we can glean from this. And I'm going to bring it home to you in just a moment. But in 2 Corinthians 3.18, ready, read. It says, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, were changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The principle is this, is what you behold is what you will become. What you think on, you will open your spirit to. I hear the words of the Master, and it says this to us this morning. When you continue in my word and you let my word dwell in you richly, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I'm encouraging you today. Don't allow the world to label you. Look in the word of God and see what God has said about you. God said that you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Stop focusing on your flaws. Stop comparing yourself to somebody else. God has made you unique and God has made you special just the way you are. So come to grips with the truth in the Word of God. 
You know, it's true. We, in fact, already are blessed. So in the sense that Jabez prayed for God to bless him, we don't really need to pray that way. We don't cry out like that. We cry out and say, thank God we're blessed. And we're not only blessed in the city, but we're blessed in the field. We're not only blessed coming in, but we're blessed going out. We're not the tail anymore. We're now the head. We're not beneath. Now we're above. We are blessed. The Bible says, blessed be the Lord God who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. It is true that you are blessed, but you've got to know it and say it and believe it. We, in fact, already have his favor. I'm not crying out and begging God for favor. What I'm doing is crying out and thanking God and shouting about the favor I've already got. Say it with me real strong. I've got favor. I've got favor. I've got favor. With God and man. Favor. And you know what else? Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 3. You know what else? I don't have to beg God to deliver me. Because I'm already delivered. I don't have to go to a deliverance ministry and ask them to cast 25 devils out of me because I don't have 25 devils in me. When Jesus came in, the devils went out. There was a time where I had 25 devils in me. When I got born again and called upon the name of the Lord, 25 devils left me. Now you choose your number, whatever it might be. I don't believe in looking to man for deliverance. I believe in looking to the deliverer for deliverance. Oh, God, deliver me from these cigarettes. Deliver me from these cigarettes. No, you're already delivered. Colossians 1.3. Look at this with me. It says, who has delivered us? Is that past, present, or future tense? We have already been delivered from the power of darkness. We've already been delivered from pornography. We've already been delivered from poverty. We've already been delivered from sickness and disease. He has delivered us. I dare you to say this real strong. I have been been delivered. delivered. Not going to be delivered. But I have been been past tense tense delivered. delivered. Delivered from what? Delivered from the power of darkness. Anything that darkness entails, your great deliverer has already delivered you. And not only that, he does deliver us. And in the future, he will deliver us. Deliverance is yours. So we don't cry out to be blessed and to be kept from evil. What we do is we lift up our voice. We cry out. And we declare what his word says. And we fight the good fight of faith to maintain and to hold fast our position of victory. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. Hebrews the fourth chapter, the 14th verse. Would you read it with me, please? 
Stop right there. Seeing what? Seeing that we have what? Seeing that we're going to one day have a great high priest. How about this? Seeing that that we used to have a great high priest. No, he says, seeing then that we have a what? You know who your high priest is, don't you? Do you know who your mediator is? Do you know who your advocate is? Do you know who your intercessor is? Do you know who your strengthener is? And so the Bible says, see, we have this. He's already passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God. But then he tells us this. Let us do what? Let us hold fast. Our what? Now, the word profession is another word for confession. And the word confession means to say the same thing about yourself that God has said about you. So as you look into the word and you find out what God said about you, we are instructed to hold fast. I think it's an interesting term. And the way he says it, he says, hold fast. It carries with it this thought, get a grip and maintain a good grip on who you are and what you have and what God has called you. Hold fast to it. Now, why would he say hold fast? Because on the other end of the rope, there's a thief. And he comes to steal. And to kill and to drain. And to rob you of the revelation that you once had. Come on. That's why he said to hold fast. Continue to renew your mind so the devil doesn't remove you from your place. Revelation said it like this. Hold fast that that thou hast. Let no man take your crown. What that literally means is this. Hold fast to what you have been given in Christ Jesus. Hold fast to the profession of your faith. And don't let any man talk you out of it. Don't let anybody in this world system try to label you and rob what God has labeled you. Hold fast that which thou hast. You got to hold fast to the good truths of God's word. There's a battle out there. And that's why he says, fight the good fight of faith. I'm telling you, We don't go to war with devils, demons, and evil spirits. Jesus already whipped them. Our war is to hold fast and to cast down those imaginations. To cast down those things that the enemy would try to implant into your mind and soul. Let's look at John chapter 10, verse 10 in the Amplified. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm holding fast all week long. And it's not this kind of thing where, you know, you just kind of hold out faithful till the end. No, you hold fast to the truth of God's word. Because on this end of the rope, you got the Father, you got the Son, and you got the Holy Ghost. You've got the strong one living in you. Look at John chapter 10. This is the will of God for you. 
What can we learn from Jabez's life? We can learn not to allow the world to call us what God has not called us. The other thing that we can learn from Jabez's life is we can learn to draw near to God with all of our might and touch the hem of his garment. In John 10, verse 10 in the Amplified, it says that the thief, how many of you know the thief is the devil and he's a liar? What does he come to do? He comes in order to steal. See, it says once the word of God is put in a man's heart, Satan comes immediately to take the word of God that is sown in their heart. Don't let him take the seed that's been sown in your heart. Kick him in the teeth. Walk on top of him. Bind him. Whatever it takes. Don't you let him take what God has given you. He's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. John 10.10, it said, The thief comes only in order to steal, to kill, and destroy. Why'd you come, Jesus? Now, let's read this together. Okay, ready, read. I came... That you might have and enjoy life. Now we need to do it one more time with just a little bit more enthusiasm. I am come that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full. Overflow. Overflow. May God give you an overflow. A fresh revelation. May God give you an overflow. Of redemptive realities. May God give you an overflow of His Spirit this morning. May you be filled unto overflowing. May God's life permeate your very being so wonderfully that any trace of death departs from your life. May the entrance of His Word be so bright on the inside that when you open up your mouth, it becomes like a laser where Satan's concerned. Speaking words of life. Speaking words of light. Is every head bowed and eyes closed? Every head is bowed and every eyes closed. You're here today. And you're like Jabez. You said, okay, that's it, Pastor. That's it. (laughs) I know what I got to do, and I know what I'm going to do. I'm not just hearing this word, but I'm a doer of it. Raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. All over this auditorium. Yeah, that's right. Get your mouth moving in line with the word. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about Christianity just for a moment before we close, before we go home. You know, I spent, man, 20-some years in a religious home. And if I had died when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, if I had died, I would have ended up in hell. And I went to church. I mean, I went to church. I was confirmed. I was baptized a baby. But there was no life. You can't tell me I had life in me and do the kind of things that I did. There was no life in there. But it wasn't until I was 23, 24 years old that I called upon the name of the Lord and I got saved and delivered and set free by the grace of God. But listen, churches today, I'm just telling you the truth about it. Churches across America are full 
of dead people. People that don't know the Lord. People that may have gone to church every Sunday since they were little. See, there's such a thing as having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. That's not Christianity. You can go to church all your life and not be saved. Now, I'm not pointing to you and doubting your salvation. You've got to know for yourself that you're saved. Have you been washed in the blood? The only power that will keep you from destruction and devastation is the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you applied the blood to your heart? If you said, Jesus, come into my heart, make me brand new. I'm tired of that same old, same old. Tired of running around with the same bunch. Tired of drinking the same stuff. Smoking the same stuff. Watching the same. I'm tired of it. The Bible says they that call upon the name of the Lord. They shall be saved.